Hi, welcome to another episode of the Flying Tortuga Brothers podcast. The Flying Tortuga Brothers are artists Carl Stoveland and Shannon Torrance, who are endeavoring to be named artists in residence on Loggerhead Key in the Dry Tortugas National Park in September of 2020. This podcast is a series of interviews with artists who have done residencies and interesting conversations with people who can help along the way. So grab a cup of coffee or your beverage of choice, sit back, and enjoy the show. This episode of the Flying Tortuga Brothers is brought to you by Camping Florida Keys. Camping Florida Keys is the premier rental equipment outfitter for camping Dry Tortugas National Park and the Florida Keys confidently and comfortably. So reserve, relax, and return your gear today to minimize planning and maximize your vacation. They can be found at CampingFloridaKeys.com and all the usual social media outlets. Hashtag CampingFloridaKeys. Enter podcast into the promo code on the website to receive a 10% discount. So for our, our listeners out there in podcast land, our guest today, and we are, we've been so excited and to the point that we didn't even... Usually I, I wound up blabbing about who the guest is a few days ahead of time, but I managed to keep it under wraps. Our guest is, if you haven't already guessed, Mark Golden from Golden Paints, CEO, co-founder. Not only do we admire the Golden Paint line, I've got a box of fluid acrylics behind me for a workshop I'm taking. And if you look in my office here, it's full of Golden Paints, but we really both admire what you do as a company and how how the employees are treated, and your relationship with the art world. I think it's just absolutely fantastic. So that's Mark Golden, our guest, and we're excited to sit down. And maybe we're not breaking bread with him, but we're, uh, we're chatting with him for the next half hour, 40 minutes. I'd like to talk to you about how, um, your foundation and your residency and how it's different from other residencies. You know, the uh, residency field is so broad and, and so exciting. For years before we started our residency, we were supporting other residencies and just uh, always uh, saw this thing as a, a exploration of where you are, who you are, the people that are surrounding you, the place that you're in. And uh, so whether it was uh, Atlantic Center for the Arts or uh, Bemis or Vermont Studio uh, uh, School or Center. It was very different. Each experience was different. And as much as when we first started the residency trying to be something for everybody, we realized that we're in a, you know, we're in a unique place. We have a, it's a beautiful area of upstate New York and there are many residencies that have that are in beautiful areas where there are urban settings or rural settings, but uh, this is a, a unique space. And what makes it especially unique is that it's just the residency is just about a hundred yards away from Golden Artist Colors. So unique in that space is that it allows artists access to all the materials that they've ever wanted to work with, including things that they might want to invent while they're while they're here that they can work with. So besides giving a great studio space and, and uh, you know, really a, a nice place to, to a nice apartment to stay in, mm-hmm. it's about being able to have access to materials and also access to the, to the material application specialists, to all of the artists that are here. And, the, and they have all sorts of different experience and in-depth experience uh, in materials. So it's, it's been exciting. And for us, uh, 
for my family, uh, for my wife and, and myself and my daughter, Emma, who's the program director. It's a delight to just break bread with these artists. I can't help them paint, but I can open up some bottles of wine or booze, and, and um, it's a, a nice way to be able to find a, a much deeper relationship with artists uh, than uh, we ever had in the past. So selfishly, it's the most wonderful thing we've ever done as a, as a family, but as a company as well. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. The listeners probably don't know, but we've had a chance to sit and talk for about an hour and a half or so over a table. And um, just the conversation with you was absolutely wonderful. Um I don't know if people know the history of Golden Paints. I'm sure they see it in every art store, every um, art supply house on the internet sells your paint. So when we talked, Mark, um, after after we talked, I, I rewatched a documentary from uh, the 1960s, I believe, called Painter's Painting. Have you seen this documentary? Yes. Yeah. And you are, uh, I think your father is mentioned in the documentary with Andy Warhol. Yes. Yeah. It's yes. so funny. I, I wrote down the exact timeline so I could show it to Jean-Marc, but um, the history of Golden Paints goes way back. Can you give us a little of that history? Sure. I'm I'm lucky to be a third-generation paint maker. There aren't many of us in the world, but my, my great-uncle was Leonard Bocour, who started a, a little shop making hand-ground oil paints in, in Manhattan on 14th Street. And my dad joined him soon after, 1936, Sam Golden. And uh, they were in, it was just such a perfect place to be, to start as this fledgling artist paint company. Leonard wanted to be an artist, but his advisor said, Leonard, make some paint. If you can't sell it, we can always use it. (laughs) So that was really the beginning of the company. And uh, so the company survived, you know, by hook or crook. Uh, Thankfully, you know, it was a WPA in the 30s that assisted that actually artists had some monies to be able to actually buy materials. So that was part of uh, what allowed the company to grow, but even more so, they were right in the middle of the arts world. You know, there was the the studios of Pollock and de Kooning and Motherwell and Rothko, and and they were right in the middle of that that whole genre. No one had any money at that point. There were no big-name artists at that point. It was just a community of Mm -hmm. folks. And Leonard and Sam just happened to be in the middle of that. And it was always the artist coming over to the the little shop asking what's new. And my dad wasn't a chemist. He was a tinkerer. And he loved making paints for artists. So one of his delights was making custom materials for artists. So when they got a resin, a really unique kind of resin, kind of gooey, sticky uh, resin from an, an artist that said, can you make it into a paint? Eventually they did, and it was the first artist acrylic magna, which was used by uh, a bunch of artists, but probably most specifically by uh, became the go-to paint for Morris Lewis and uh, also Roy Lichtenstein. And years later, we got to make Roy's paint as, as well, so that was, that was a lot of fun. But uh, so Sam and Leonard, through a partnership of almost 40 years, uh, continued to grow the Bocor line of paint. Uh, my dad retired. He bought this retirement home in upstate New York. I was 14 years old, and uh, I thought that was, uh, bought this farm. 
<laughs> upstate New York. I was a city kid, and I thought this was the stupidest thing they ever did. And what do people do here? How do they make a living? You know, there's nothing to do. And it eventually became a place that we'd constantly visit because it is absolutely beautiful. So while going to school in Rochester, um, we would come here often as a way just for, you know, get respite and uh, be able to bring friends out to enjoy the the country. So it was... Uh, in 1979, my dad called me up, and it really was the recommendation of my mom, who was my dad was driving her crazy uh, because he didn't have didn't have ambition, and so he's in his mid 60s and uh, didn't have uh, anything that kept him really uh, feeling alive. And she said, "Call up Mark and see if he wants to make paint with you." And honest God, that was the beginning of Golden Artist Colors. It wasn't any greater than that we had a little barn at the farm it was a 30 by 36 cow barn and uh we we spoke for about a year and by uh, june of 1980 so this is our 40th year uh we started making paint so my wife and myself and my mother uh we were this little company making paint in a barn and every week i'd go down to manhattan and deliver the paint to artists and ask if there's uh if you like it give me some names of other people and if you don't uh, what do you want? And mm-hmm. that started the custom work. So uh, we now provide custom work to museums and conservators and to artists all over the world. It's something that is really a, a I guess it's a really throwback to Sam's tinkering days that uh, it's a it's fun for the lab to be able to be involved in that process with with artists making materials. What a beautiful story. And that that's what I love about your um your golden foundation residency is the artists get to number two, one, get the respite of that farm life out of the frenetic energy of their own life. And they get to um, work one-on-one with the developers of the mediums um, and learn more about the processes and, and, and how to use them to their maximum effect. It really is a great for most artists, the artist paints and the range of things that we make it, you know, you have, First of all, probably 160 colors, seven different lines, just in the acrylic, not considering the oil and the watercolor, and uh, dozens and dozens of different mediums. What artist is going to be able to play with all of those things and feel that they've not been, oh, I shouldn't have bought this, it was too expensive, and I'm not really going to use it. This way, they really have a chance to try everything and find those things that really appeal to them, you know, appeal to their own sensibilities, their own techniques. But also, what's most exciting is they'll try something and say, oh, I don't like that, but have under their fingertips knowing that at some point in their career, they may find that, oh, that's exactly the stuff that I need to I need to work with and feel confident about, you know, being able to use the right the right material. And that's really two-way street, right? Because the artists are also influencing the potential design of products. You never know when they're going to go, boy, if this only did this, and the next thing you know, you've got a new product line. He did mention so that funny. to me in our conversation, that that's part that's of their development. Exactly it. Every every paint we've ever made has pretty much been made by artists saying, you know, God, this stinks, or, you know, I'd love to be able to do this, or, um, and then, uh, then you make it. I remember Al Held was trying our paint, and he said, I can't stand it. It's too glossy or it's too uneven. Some colors are matte, some colors are glossy. And I said, well, I'll make you matte paint. And, you know, a few years later, we had a whole line of matte colors. 
Um, so, so much of what we've done, you know, the mediums, all the different gels and consistencies have all been from artists saying, hey, could you make it thicker, thinner, more matte, make it harder, make it more drippy, what, uh, and whatever that kinds of things. Kind of the key because with acrylic, it's such a, a broad medium. It can do, it can mimic watercolor, it can be impasto, you can do anything you want with it. Once you get over that initial deep end of the pool, wow, this stuff does not it dries really fast and it's hard to work with. And I remember I put off acrylics for so long. I'm a watercolor guy to, to start with. And only in the last few years have I become a, a real aficionado of acrylics, but, uh, every, just about everything in my, my paint kit is your colors. And, um, once I got to the mediums and figured out how to, how to make it do what I wanted, I was off and racing. Right. It was, um, a story that was reminds me to be humble as we were thinking about how quickly the acrylics dry. We, we've been working on this formula for years to slow down the drying of the acrylic. So instead of drying in three minutes, it can dry in like a half hour, 45 minutes, which for oil painters is like meaningless, but for acrylic painters, 45 minutes is huge. So I brought in a bunch of artists, good friends. And, and I said, let me show you a new paint. It dries a little bit slower. I want, you know, get your feedback. And, we're about 12 artists. We're in a big room, big workshop room, and they're all working with it. Nobody's saying anything. And, you know, I'm thinking, well, they must think this is amazing. The paint is still wet after all this time. And one of the artists goes, hey, do you have a hair dryer? Because this stuff isn't drying. And <laughs> it reminded me that acrylic artists, um, they work with acrylic not because they, they can't work with oils. They work with acrylic because it does dry fast and it does do these things. So, we found that the slow drying paint was really more attuned to an oil painter than it was for uh, the typical acrylic painter. So, um, yeah, you learn a lot from the artist willing to give you that feedback and to be honest, you know, about that. Mm -hmm. So, um, I acquired some, um, golden open paints recently, um, from you and, mm -hmm. um, I used, I did my first gradated blue, uh, cerulean, cobalt cerulean mix with uh, titanium white blend for the um, for the blue sky mm -hmm. on a five foot by four foot painting just recently. That's and big. Yes, it's big, and it, it. I have to tell you, it is. It's a game changer for that. But it takes four hours to dry. It took four <laughs> hours for it to dry. So that I think that's beautiful, though. It's for that. It's absolutely perfect. But you can you can understand for an artist, for example, doing hard edge work, you know, putting wanting to put tape down, wanting to put multiple layers down. It's it's like oh, I, I want the stuff to dry. Mm -hmm. uh, I want this stuff I, to be able to do a glaze in oil paints takes days. So artists will have several paintings open at the same at the same time with the acrylic. It allows an artist to do I can do a hundred glazes, I can do a thousand glazes in a day, and be able to build up my depth of color. Um, and my color tones through through glazing, and and really not be subject to getting mud like you might in watercolor with all that glazing. Right. Well, you can wind up getting mud with anything. <laughs> oh, it's it's true, but certainly with acrylic, the way it's locked in the, into the binder, mm -hmm. it's definitely harder to. You know, yeah. your color choices will certainly make that happen, but yeah. um, the medium itself is good for for glazing, and actually, glazing is one of the things that I really. That's that's my finishing half of the painting is starting to make it luminous by going in with the open paint with a lot of medium and small amounts of paint and letting it build up. Mm 
I'm so glad you got to try that out. That's fabulous. Yeah, I, I was amazed, and uh, I couldn't wait to tell you about it and how it's working. So. And that painting is stunning. It's at the Palm Beach Cultural Council right now in a show, and it's the, it's the bell of the ball. Oh, this is this is a new one since that one. Oh, really? Yeah, that that I just used straight. They had a retarder. Golden had a retarder that I was mixing with their regular golden paints. Oh, okay. But this one, uh, the new one is the whole gradated blue is um, golden open, and it's it, it really works. It, you can blend it almost like oil. I mean, I it's didn't that realize perfect. you had started a, a new big painting. Yeah, it's really good. You can't stop this guy. He's painting all the time. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And Mark, you're making me a little bit homesick because I'm a New York boy. I was born in Orange County, spent most of my life in Rockland County, went to school in Geneseo, and lived in Rochester. So oh, wow. you've, you've hit all of my hot spots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually we loved Rochester. Um, we lived there for about eight years and uh, before starting the business here. Great little, great little city. It really is. It's got a lot. It's it's been through some some odd times with uh, Xerox and Kodak changing, and how the city works has changed because of that. Because it was definitely a company town at one point. Oh my goodness! It really yeah, is everybody. a company town again, but it's because of Wegmans. Right. <laughs> it certainly is the the main employer of of the area. But uh, I love Rochester too. It's it's got a a nice friendly feel to it, and. Uh, my wife's from Rochester, so I guess I have a really special place in my heart for it. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that you were on a board of national residencies? When yeah, I'm on the, uh, I joined the board about five years ago. I was delighted to be asked to, to participate with these. It's, it's called the Alliance of Artist Communities, and it is probably the real on-ramp for uh, the whole residency uh, community. It's uh, maybe about 500 organizations, wow. artists belong to the Alliance, and uh, it's just an exceptional staff, exceptional staff in terms of assisting new emerging residencies. It is one of the fastest growing fields in the arts, and it makes sense because artists need that place to network, you know, to be able to come together, to be able to, um, uh, one, have that time to be able to work on there uh, without being disturbed, but the residency is so broad, the field, you know, from performing arts to uh, writers to uh, visual arts and uh, and all sorts of combinations, art and community, uh, art and the environment. And, uh, well, similar to the, the residency that you guys are, are applying to, which has its, you know, roots in the park system. Yes. So um, it's, it is incredibly broad. There's probably about 1,500 residencies around the around the world. So after you do this residency, you should be like thinking about going to Greece or you know, um, yeah, well, expand. I have I have two others this year. I'm going to be at Chalk Hill in August at the winery. Oh, fantastic! And oh, I'll be in Big Cypress as artist in residence for the National Preserve in April. It's coming up real fast. Um, oh, that's fantastic. So this is my year for residencies and um, thinking about applying next year for make a, a homeward bound swing. Um, I know that Storm King has started a residency and that's one of the ones that I'm going to be looking at. So you've, what other residencies have you done before? Oh, no, we're actually total noobs. Yeah. Oh, I've never had a residency. Our, you know, our application. I'm so surprised. One is the, the things, listening to the podcast, uh, was it Beth and, and 
Oh, Haley. Haley. And uh, the kinds of questions, uh, it's the kind of questions that you'd wish every resident would ask. And many do, you know, will call up past residents just to find out about the, you know, tell me about the place. Tell me about how it works. Tell me what I should know. What do I need to bring? How am I going to fit in? How is it going to be comfortable? And uh, I I think that's a a great thing for for folks to do to make sure that they're going to feel safe in this in this space yeah for me i'm curious so like as far as big cypress goes i'm planning a trip next week where i go down and i'm going to see the dormitory because in that one i don't actually have studio space so i know that i'll be you know making do with painting at my desk or on my lap and bringing my easel and um i'm also a photographer so i've got plenty of that to do there um a lot of it will be building up imagery that i'll be painting later but i certainly still want to catch the flavor of it and paint on site but it really comes down to pragmatic stuff too is is there room in the refrigerator do i have a refrigerator you know where am i going to eat <laughs> absolutely in big cypress unless i want to eat at the Mikasuki indian truck stop every day <laughs> i need to have a plan right yeah there's not and a grocery here- store on the corner Yep, up here the snow finally melted. We, I mean, we do have snowshoes for for folks if they they're so willing. But it is we're like in the snow belt, um, and uh, we finally saw grass this this past weekend, which is just great. But right now it's snowing again. Um, mm. uh, it was you'd really want to know how do I have to dress? What do I have to do? You know, is is there are there places to ride a bike or walk safely? You know, what is it? You know, what what do I need to know? So could you could you share a little with our our uh, listeners as far as um, the shows that you put on with the residents that are there um, and who attends those shows and that kind of a, that atmosphere? Sure, I think one of the responsibilities that we have as as having a residency is how do you give back to the residents? What you know, what can you offer back, and what can we offer to the community? Uh, I, one is I, I, my residents are not they're they're artists who have given up time to be here and they have all sorts of other responsibilities. So the time that they have is really precious and you don't want to interfere with anything else um, uh, with other community responsibilities. But there are some residencies where that is, that is a requirement that, you know, part, and they usually let that known right up front is that's, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be, you know, meeting with, uh, uh, community members or donors, et cetera, um, all throughout this. And, uh, for us is how do we make sure we leave these folks alone enough uh, other than, you know, being able to have some dinners and, and to be able to share stories. Um, but the we have an open studios, a little bit different from some residencies. Some residencies make that the, the show at the end of a residency a gala where they invite curators and critics and other folks so that the artists may have a chance to really broaden their you know, opportunities. For us, because our the work we're asking the artists to do is to really explore new things, it's unfair to set it up as a, a show at that point. So we just call it Open Studios. Go meet with the artists, speak to them about their process, um, which is really a lot of fun. And since here at Golden Arts College, we have so many paint ge- geeks. It usually is the discussion is around, oh, so what did you use here? Or did you try this out? Or did you try this material? So it's a lot of fun for the, the artists. It's a very different kind of context. But uh, every spring, we, we have an actual show called Maiden Paint. And it's for the residents from the previous year. So they can send us finished work um, that uh, relates to their, their body of work. And for that, you know, we have a, a gala and 
uh, we have 18 residents uh, per year, uh, three at a time that stay with us for, for a, a month. And this year we have 16 of the 18 artists coming back for the, for the uh, event. So we make it, it's like a wedding or three days of uh, enjoying one another. Well, they don't, I forget, we get to meet all the residents, but they don't get to meet one another. So this is a chance for everybody to kind of meet with each other. And then we have residents from past years coming back up, and uh, which is a delight. Uh, it's about creating this network for folks that last beyond the residency. And then also being able to share information about up their upcoming shows and knowing where they're going to be visiting. So if I know someone's going to be going to Berlin, I said, oh, you, you need to stop by and, and visit with this resident um, because I know they would love to, you know, love to meet you. So it's maintaining those connections with one another and to each other, um, which is really, I think, a, an important part of, of our response, at least what we feel our responsibility is. And how cool is, how cool is that? Because you think about it, we're such solitary creatures working in our studios and you know um i almost imagine shannon and i on the island almost like the uh the looney tunes characters with the the, the sheepdog and the wolf you know morning ralph morning fred one punches in and one punches out because i'll be up all night photographing the skies and he'll be out painting while i'm sleeping and uh so we're all we're all so different but to to be able to have a a way to add all those connections to the, not just the, the residency and, and doing the work, but also to, to help foster the relationships. I mean, you've, you've got it all figured out. Well, you, no, you guys have been doing it through the podcast. And I think that was exactly the, the thing I found so uh, wonderful and warm about this is bringing these artists back um, and being able to celebrate their time and, and their experience in a, in a whole different uh, way. So I, I think that was pretty, pretty exceptional. And I think um, the reason that, that Mark came up as such a great idea as a guest for the show was for me sitting down um, with Mark and talking about the benefits of a residency. One of the things that we hit on, which was very inspiring to me, was um, Mark saying the connections that you make through these residencies last a lifetime. Um, and you never know when you're going to run into that artist again or learn from that artist or um, friendships develop. And it's a beautiful human connection. And that's really so true. And it's you think about it, um, you know, Mark, you hit the nail on the head. The, the warmth of the interviews that we have and the people that we've had, win, lose, or draw, we get the residency, we don't get the residency. This thing that we built, the podcast, for the handful of people who tune in every week to listen to it. But this thing that we built and these relationships every week, I'm talking to one of the people we've had on the podcast and chatting with them or, you know, just quick comments on Instagram, but certainly we've built relationships. And like I said, win, lose or draw, this has been something that I will take away from this past year and all the efforts we put into it as such a great positive. And I think we would even keep it going. Yeah. And it, it would so. be a tool for other artists coming to do the same thing, maybe looking for oh, their I, first I residency. So. Yeah. I think it's just, it's a, actually, it is a fabulous resource for other residencies and not just this one. You guys couldn't have picked a possibly more remote residency. Than, than, than that was on purpose. One. So, yeah, I know. But when I think about networking, yeah, you're going to be networking with each other. But the reality is that it is, it's a much bigger network than just the, 
from the two of you because it spans over years of doing this thing with the experiences, whether it be through the storms or through the rain or whatever that other experience might be. Those shared experiences are pretty, pretty powerful. You know, for our residents, we have a whole group of people here at the at the shop that want to meet with with folks. So the connections are broad, but um, this this residency and, and uh, dried tortugas is is pretty uh, is pretty incredible. Yeah. I was looking on the Google map of the uh, location, trying to walk around the, the space. It's, uh, it's it's pretty small. Yeah. What did she say? We could do it in, like, we could circumnavigate the island in 45 minutes or something? Yeah, it's 40 <laughs> acres. You can certainly do it in an hour. Yeah. I'll be fishing every morning. I know that. Um, to try and catch fresh protein to eat. But um, I will be painting most of the day. And Carl will be up. He will be up all night <laughs> shooting shooting night photography i have uh nowhere have i had the opportunity to shoot the kind of dark skies we're talking about there and what it's going to be able to untap i mean harun menadenovich has done such a great job with sky glow um and i wouldn't you know i wouldn't presume to be in the same league as him on, on that stuff but it's it's a passion i love the night sky and that backdrop would be absolutely amazing to to work in and you know um there will certainly be some painting going on on my side too a watercolor kit and some some acrylics uh we are we're limited in how much stuff we can bring that's going to be the hard part and that's really the question off air i ask a lot of the guests that have been at that residency in dry tortugas is you know how did you get your stuff there how much did -hmm. you bring what did you not need to bring Right. Yeah. yeah, that's actually, we don't do a good enough job here because we really try to provide everything because we, we realize we have artists from all around the world coming and they're just not able to pack stuff. So we just say, bring your critical tools. If you have brushes that you just need to use, um, then bring it. Otherwise, you know, we'll make sure you have everything else. That's, right. great. that's great. I'm adding you guys to the list of people I apply to next year. Excellent. How many people do you get applying to the Golden Residency every year? Um, you know, it's it's continued to grow, and and uh, I think in some ways it's limited because it really isn't. It's for someone who's really interested in that exploration. If you don't want to explore materials, you know, you're really satisfied with what you're doing, and you want to stay in that space, and uh, that's great. But there are so many other re- beautiful residencies around the world to apply to. Uh, this oh, one is really. Doubt unique in terms of it suggests if you're here you know oil painters try acrylic and watercolor oil acrylic painters you got to go try the oils they're gorgeous and uh, so you have people going back and forth and recognizing that you don't have to be married to to one media it's really what are you trying to achieve in each media is is so different we uh, had about 450 people applying last year for the 18 that's a that's a solid uh, number Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, it is. Yeah, I hope it stays around around that. Because um, uh, when you know we're in the back of the room watching the, the the selection committee make their judgments, and and there are so many deserving artists, uh, much more than eighteen. Um, but uh, it's uh, you know eventually you know our eyes were. I wanted to build the residency when we first started. I said I want at least seven artists here at a time, and it'll be really great and uh, we started off with three and I realized for the amount of work that we do with just the three artists I'm feeling pretty good at three right now Mm -hmm. Um, 
And each each space and what the um, residency brings to the artist and what the artist brings to it, they're all they're all different. So there's no hard and fast rules. And in fact, I'm thinking that, um, you know, with with the uh, residency board that you're on, it's really not a governing board more than a more so than a resource and an advisory, an exchange of information. Yeah. Oh, that's probably the best description. The alliance is really just that. It's it's uh, creating uh, best practices for residencies to make sure it's a generative and generous place for uh, artists to come to, to make sure that we share these kind of practices with one another so that we can continue to improve what we what we do. Uh, we, I think every residency, every director that I've ever spoken to is is so uh, grateful to be part of this process. We literally, as a group, get to be with and surround ourselves with, and it's not hyperbole, the most creative people in the world. And if you don't enjoy that, um, go do something else. Um, so the the Alliance really is about helping folks that are just starting off, understanding all the nuts and bolts of how this thing works, whether you're a for-profit, not-for-profit, whether, you know, whatever the, the kind of uh, system you might be working, whether it's an urban space or rural, uh, whether it's a performing space, it's, there's so many different uh, responsibilities. It's, and uh, it's really important to be able to work with other residencies that have already done this work so you're not having to reinvent everything from the from scratch right take the best parts that work and assimilate them and really have something to look at and think about when you're planning yours so that you really have the chance to be successful and make your artist guests as successful as they can be it's it's been and it's a great board you know i've I've stopped joining boards where people are 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 uh, fighting with one another. This one is such a generous board and really bright folks. So I'm delighted to that be included. Um, they put up with me, which is great, <laughs> but it, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's you, I have a unique space and the space is I also have a for-profit company that makes, that makes artist paint. Most of the other folks on these boards come from, you know, the, uh, other parts, whether it's fa- funders, or residency fields or artists that um, you're supporting. Yeah, you really do. You straddle both worlds, and uh, the organization's probably much better for having your voice in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still, it still is is fun uh, meeting with these folks. They become really great friends too. Well, I think at this stage in our lives that. If we're going to endeavor to do something, I think I think it has to be fun, right? It's just we've done the hard work at this point. Why would we want to do stuff that's hard? <laughs> at least on the well, personal level. I don't mind the hard the hard work. It's it's the infighting or the jealousies or the you know each person having a, a very kind of particular uh, ambition that that fights with one another. This, this is about how do we make the, how do we support and cultivate uh, this whole kind of. Uh, ability for artists to have that opportunity to, to, uh, advance their careers. Exactly. I mean, I was, it's the drama I was thinking about. You're absolutely right because I want to be challenged by art. I want, I want it to be hard for me to create it. I don't like when it's really too simple. Um, in fact, and, I, and the artist and the artists do challenge us, which is just great. Uh, they challenge us with, Hey, you know, you don't have this or you don't have that. Um, 
Um, Eric, I have to go right after we speak. Uh, one of the artists there right now. We just started this week of the residency season. I got to go fix the lights. So that's my other <laughs> job. I am person for the for the residency. I have to give you kudos too on your um, on on your social media presence because um, I I saw the you sat down with your first uh, three residents uh, picture two or three days ago. Um, of you guys mm-hmm. just sitting down to dinner and. I, I think that goes a long way um, showing artists how, how relaxed and comfortable it will be when they get to this residency. It was a great uh, uh, butternut squash soup. <laughs> I, I want you to. On a cold yeah. night. Yeah, well, it was exactly. I said, you know, it's a cold night. Let's do something really that'll kind of stick to your ribs. And, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Very nice. It's been a pleasure. Do you have any more questions, Carl? Uh I'm in awe. I I want to uh, add Mark to the list of people that I've now become friends with and want to spend time with out of out of the podcast. That happens every time we do an episode. It does. It does. And I'm looking forward to um, hopefully becoming one of his artist educators in the future. So excellent. That well, would, that would be awesome. I would be your first your first student. You are one of my first students. I did teach Carl a painting class. That's already. true. I've been to the beach and worked the the Shannon Torrance method. And uh, right. had a, a passable little acrylic to take home from the beach. I was really quite happy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, excellent. I'm I'm glad you're getting it mucking about with the materials. But I saw the watercolors online. They look pretty wonderful. So uh, yeah, well, thank you. That's, Congratulations, that. <laughs> that and and the, the landscapes. I fell in love with uh, the sense of water in all of those. Is just just gorgeous. So, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. We're blessed to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Um, well, the best of luck to you. I, I, I don't know what to. I, I wish I had some people I knew at the park services that I could that I could call and, and say, you guys, you know, just uh, just ring them up, make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate that. We want to play by the rules, so we're all absolutely, good. absolutely. Me, not me. I would, I would call. <laughs> I, I feel really good about this, though. <laughs> I think I, I actually when it came time to start putting together our our notes. We, they extended the deadline, so we um, we put together our notes maybe a month ago on what we needed to each provide for the application, and we were going over it. And we had a couple of questions because, like, it didn't ask for an artist statement, which everyone I've ever done or applied to had one. So I send off an email to the National Park Arts Foundation and say, you know, I don't want to get off on the wrong foot. I don't want to be disqualified for not having it or for adding it when I shouldn't, you know, what's the practice? And they wrote back and said, well, some people don't want to give them. We just didn't want to have a problem with it. Please, if it rounds out your resume or your your submission, please add it. We're happy to have it. And I said, and don't worry. We know who you are. <laughs> right. That's a good sign. At this point, we've been pestering them so much over the last year. <laughs> and and hashtagging them. Yeah, That's we've great. hashtagged the National Park Arts Foundation to death. Oh, that's fantastic. When, when you're there, you can't um, communicate, can you? Um, we will be off the grid, so um, we will have a satellite phone to check in with our wives once a week. And, right, that's good. And we will have to um, check in with the park service once a day by radio. Right. We're going to pre, pre-produce some podcast episodes so that they're there while we're there. And we also have to give a presentation at the fort. So... 
the day that we're at the fort, we will have access. So if there's any new material, you know, work in progress we want to put up or maybe do no a, a quick there. live podcast, we can do that. That's fantastic. For sure. Well, uh, wishing you all the best. And when you're there, all the best weather. Oh, thank you. Oh, yes, September in the Keys. <laughs> That's a big deal. <laughs> Mother Nature's well, got a, a hand in that. And the last two years, let's see, Haley and um beth they couldn't go they had to wait a week to go because of the storms and the people before that were flown off to key west so it's part of the process but you have to trust the national park service yeah 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 i do i'm sure you you both will be fine well thank you thanks very much for including me in this uh in this effort really appreciate you guys thank you so much thanks mark it was a real pleasure take care bye-bye